Scaling Culture is hosting a live edition of this podcast on June 9th at 10.30 a.m. EST with author of Turn the Ship Around and Leadership is Language, David Marquette. What makes this special is as a listener, not only will you get great content, but there will be a live Q&A section where you can ask questions directly to David. This live cast is completely free for anyone, and you can register now at ConnellyOwens.com live. The link is in the description, and we encourage you to send it to your friends, family, and colleagues. This is a leadership event you do not want to miss. June 9th, 10.30 a.m. EST, David Marquette. We'll see you there. Welcome to the Scaling Culture Podcast, where we sit down with thought leaders who share their experiences building incredible workplace cultures. Today we meet Jesse Cole, the founder of Fans First Entertainment and owner of the Savannah Bananas baseball team. The Savannah Bananas currently have sold out every game for three straight seasons and have a waiting list in the thousands for tickets. Jesse's also the author of Find Your Yellow Tux, How to Be Successful by Standing Out. On today's episode, Jesse talks to us about how his fans' first mission has changed the game of baseball and how he empowers his people to innovate and build his organization's story. All right, so welcome to the Scaling Culture Podcast. And we have Mr. Jesse Cole, one of my favorite human beings. Jesse, welcome. You know, I'm always fired up to be with you, Rod. Yeah, you know, look, I, I, the first time I, you know, out of nowhere when I got a message from you, I was just like, wow, this dude is really awesome. I, I showed my wife right away. I was just like, this is crazy. I was, at first I was like, who is this guy, right? <laughs> and, uh, and, and honestly, we had a chat and I've, I would have to say, because, you know, I've extreme ADHD. And so I just glance at things, but I don't just glance at your posts. I really take the time to watch what you're doing, listen to the things you're saying, and read your posts. So, so thanks for that. You have some really insightful, impactful stuff. You're like, I love you online. I love you in person, but I love you online. <laughs> it's a lot of love going this morning, and I appreciate it. Well, you know how it started. I mean, I, I read your book, Outrageous Empowerment. It was a game changer for me and our organization. Sent you a video, and uh, that's, how, that's how it started. So you've inspired us, my friend. So obviously, wow. two people thinking differently, innovating, trying to do things for the right reasons. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, there's a mutual love affair there. Yeah, so, so Jesse, look, yeah, I, uh, I agree, and thanks for that, too. I'm glad you enjoyed the book. And we've got the new one coming out in the fall, Scaling Culture, which I think I told you about. Yes, yes. So I'm going to just kind of jump into a few things here. One, because it's relevant, we just talked about this uh, a few minutes ago. Obviously, the team was shut down because of COVID. Uh, and so it, it, just, just for, for our listeners, just talk about, just introduce yourself as far as what your business is today and then State of the Union on um, you were shut down till July and then I've got some questions. Yeah, sure. So I, uh, I'm owner of the Savannah Bananas baseball team. We're uh, one of the lowest levels of baseball teams, but uh, we've been fortunate to sell out every single game and have a wait list for tickets in the thousands because uh, as one of the best questions of business is what business are you in, but what business are you really in? We're not in the baseball business. We're in the entertainment business. We're in the mm-hmm. circus-like business. Um, and so we've had success after huge failures and having to sell our house, empty out our savings account. And um, yeah, it, it's obviously the live entertainment business is yeah. uh, hugely affected right now. And uh, for us, it, it hit hard. I mean, it, just like anybody, right away, you know, our season's ready to start in a couple months and boom, it hits. And uh, for us, we had to take immediate action and say, all right, 
we're not going to sit and wait. We're going to actually take action and get our group together. And how, what are we going to do? And I just watched so many people just watching and monitoring and mm. what was happening. I was like, that's not how we do things. We've yeah. innovated since the beginning and we're going to start taking action. And it actually brought our group together. So that's what we started back in early March. So paint us a picture. What did that look like? What did you do with the group? Because you have, you've got the back end office, you have the team, and then yep. you have part-time frontline staff, right? What did this look like? Well, again, as you know, when you, when you're about like your vision, when your vision is clear and what yep. you're, what you're going to do, it becomes, the decisions become clear. So for us, the name of our company is fans first entertainment. Yeah. Our mission is fans first entertain always. Every decision we make, is it fans first? So we got as a get together as a group and said, all right, what can we do right now? We can't be at the stadium. We can't entertain our fans at our stadium. What can mm -hmm. we do? And the mm -hmm. whole group got together and basically we built our culture on idea paloozas. Everything's about ideas. So we said, all right, everyone, let's throw all our ideas together. And everyone was like, well, let's stay, stick to our mission. It's fans first, entertain always. People need to be entertained now more than ever. Everything is gloom, gloom, negativity. Mm -hmm. So we said, what can we do? And so the whole group said, no longer are we you know, a ticket salesperson. No longer are we a marketer. No longer are we are an operations. Every one of us are entertainers. Every one of us are performers. So however long this was going to go, we were going to start entertaining. And so what that looked like is we came up with, uh, we had an Idea Palooza on Zoom. And we said, all right, what are all the ways we can entertain our fans at home? Idea Palooza, by the way, is just the process of let's throw some ideas out there. Yeah, Idea Palooza, okay, it started yeah. many years ago. We have an idea box. Every month we get together, answer a question for our customers that we can make a better experience. And we come in, throw the ideas, pick out which ideas are going to best and start implementing. It's, it's Love it. So you and, processed this actually, there's a process behind it. Yeah, we had to. I mean, it's, it's, it's probably the biggest thing for us. You know, baseball is a, such a traditional game. It's so boring for so many. And we started the whole business with baseball's too long, too slow, too boring. What are we going to do mm -hmm. to fix it? So yeah. you have to constantly come up with ideas to keep it fun and keep it relevant. So yep. that's what we were built on. Um, and for the listeners, that's why we have break dancing first base coaches, our players to choreograph dances, a grandma beauty pageant, male cheerleading team, a professional high five or a banana baby. All our tickets are all inclusive. Those all come from Idea Palooza. So that's. So and, and I want you to keep going, but I want to dig a little deeper here. So, so the ideas come in Yes. and talk about the flush out because there's going to be some ones that aren't going to fit, some ones that are really going to fit. How do you shortlist and then how do you pick where you're going to execute? Yeah. So, uh, we're quantity leads to quality for us. So yep. we never really lean too much on uh, that won't work. We just start testing. So for instance, our whole social media strategy, I guess you would say is how are we constantly putting out new videos, uh, you know, new posts, new engagement, new Facebook lives, because the reality is you're, you're only as good as your next at bat. So if you strike out, if, if that one didn't work, like we've had some videos that no one liked, you got another video the next day. You got another one the next day. So it's not a game of, will this work? It's a game like, let's put it out, find out, and then we have another one right, right up against it. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I learned this, at, I don't know too much about baseball, but as a guy who played baseball my whole life, um, you know, Pete Rose has more hits than anyone in Major League Baseball. Yeah. He also has the most at-bats. Right. right. You know, right. Hank Aaron has the most home runs, you know, going, he was the home run king. He had the second most at-bats. You know, mm -hmm. and, and we remember guys like Reggie Jackson, uh, who was the home run hero for the Yankees and hit three home runs in games, you know, six of the World Series. But he also had the most strikeouts. But people don't think about the strikeouts. Right, they think right. about the home runs, the hits, et cetera. So that's how we built kind of our culture. So um, how we did this, we all had ideas. All right, what can we do to get our fans involved? So yeah. we said, all right, can we, let's do Facebook Lives and engagement. So we started doing music trivia on Tuesdays. We started doing cooking with the bananas. We went into our homes to get to know our people because I think a brand is only as good as the people behind the brand. So we wanted to show our people. We went in every one of our homes, everyone on our staff, whether you're with us for a year or even with us for five years, we went cooking. Mm -hmm. 
Mine was a disaster. I mean, I, my two-year-old just woke up from a nap and he cried the whole time and he never cries. But the reality, me and Emily at the end were like, that was really tough. But the end is, there's another video the next day. Yeah, no yeah, one, yeah. Like, it, was, it was tough. Right. But they saw us. That was real. Yeah. That was our mm -hmm. baby crying. Um, yeah. And then we said, all right, what can we do to make some big stances? And we said, all right, music videos. We've always been known for our music videos. When you think of a baseball team, they're mm -hmm. not used to have your players in music videos. But, you know, we did Can't Stop the Peeling, uh, the Justin Timberlake song. We did Old Town Road. And it I got millions of views. And so we said, that's what people know us for. So let's do some yeah. big music videos. So uh, just shortly, you know, the first one, Dancing With Myself, the Billy Idol song. Yeah. So we thought, all right, everyone's at home alone. We're dancing by ourselves. Let's get all of our players, our characters, our staff to do a Love video. It put that out uh, that that did very well then we said our biggest song in our game one of the rituals is hey baby it's hey baby baby uh. and so we said all right let's send this out an email to all of our fans to send their own videos and them doing hey baby we're going to put it into a big video make them famous and put it out for all of our fans mm -hmm. so you know it between the engagement the lives getting to know our people doing videos and then actually having um you know, games, like question games, like we'd put differences, put one picture of a ballpark and then we'd Photoshop things out of it and fans would have to guess which one is this. None of this made revenue, but that's right. not the point. N that's none right. of this at all was to make revenue. But mm -hmm. what we did is our engagement went up over 200%, our fans went mm -hmm. up 200%. And I'll tell you, as soon as we had something to sell, which um, I, I, if you want, I can go into what we did with something to sell because it's pretty interesting. I'm but curious. It, yeah, keep going. Because, you know, I think a lot of people that listen are like, okay, well, what's this for? What's the end game? Yeah, so, yeah keep going. So again, so then we kept having another idea palooza. This was actually during a happy hour. So it was more of just a jam session. And we're all drinking and having fun. And we started talking about, well, what do our fans love at our games as well? And when our director of operations said, they love the slippery banana. And the slippery banana is this alcoholic drink. It's actually made all alcohol, but it tastes like a pina colada with bananas. People love it. And they've been asking for the recipe for years, but we kind of keep ah, it in, in their hands. Ah. So, so our director of said, said, well, what if we do a drive-through? I go, is that even legal? Like a drive-through of moonshine pretty much? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and they said, he said, I think we can do it. So I said, all right, that's your project. You came up with it. How do we do it by next Thursday? And so the key was the constraint. Whenever you do something, we put a constraint. Because you can say, oh, we could do this. How do we do it by this point? So I said, by next Thursday, he's like, all right, I'm on it. By next Thursday, he bought mason jars. He got his kitchen. We had some product. We put it together. We just put a post on social media. Hey, fans, we know you love it. Slipper banana. We have just 100 mason jars ready for drive through at 5 o'clock on Thursday. The first car showed up at 3 o'clock. There was a line all the way out at 3.34. We had to improvise. We had no idea what we were going to do. So the 100 went in 23 minutes. So we quickly made cards and said, hey, this will guarantee you one for the next week when we do this. But you right. have to come early. So then we doubled, went to 200 the next week, sold oh out in 22 God. minutes. And then the following week, we went to 500. You opened is, a full-on banana bar. We literally had a banana bar. So the following week, we went to 500. <laughs> and, and, and Ron, this is during a shelter in place. So this isn't a shelter in place. The following week, 500, we had to open up another drive-through uh, window uh, outside our stadium. And it was a monsoon, three inches of rain pouring. The people came. We sold out 500 in about an hour. And oh, my God. we were like, wow. And, and, and I'll never forget, because I was there the first two days. And people came up and said, hey, I heard you guys are doing something. What are you selling? And I was like, you don't even know what we're selling? You're just here. <laughs> and they're like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll, get, some. I'll yeah. get some. I'll get some, I'll get two. And I'm not saying that to be you know, braggadocious. No. The, the reality is, I mean, it was you know, maybe 10 grand in total revenue. But my point is we built the brand to be so fans first that when we had someone to sell, our fans were like, we want it. It didn't matter. That, you, that is an incredible ROI on, on, on building the brand, right? Yeah. Yes. But, and one thing you said jumped out is uh, your director of ops, in, and he said, you know, 
I think this is a good idea. And you said you own this then. Is that yes. the problem? Is that typically, okay, you yeah, brought so, it up, so, you own it. Yeah. So here's how an idea palooza works for us. So yeah. we'll get everyone together. We have an idea box. Everyone puts, it started with three ideas. Now we're stretching it to go five, six, because a lot of people come up with the same ideas. Uh, stretch your idea muscle. The, five, the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth ideas are much harder. And usually that's where you'll find gold once in a while. So they put them in the idea box. We have basically just a pitch session. It's very quick. We have a whiteboard on, we have three columns. Yes, needs work, uh, or yes, maybe, and needs work. And our staff came up with this. And so basically what happens, the ones that we all say we have to do, it goes to the yes column. The ones that are maybe, we you know poten potentially we'll do later. And the needs work really is like, that probably won't happen, but we keep it positive. We don't yeah, stay yeah, negative. Yeah. And then it, right after that, we go through all of them. We said, all right, who's owning? Who loves it? And we put uh, their initials next to each one of the yeses and the maybes, and they have to own it. And then we put a date by it. So getting from idea to implementation is huge. Mm -hmm. and that's, it's been everything. So now they own it. And then when we come back by next idea palooza, we tell the story of what happened with their idea. So, so this is also, you know, a culture of change. You're, you're, this is like the old change management. This is new change management. It's look, here's the ideas. We vote. Everyone is buying in. Let's, let's, uh, you know, let's collab, uh, collaborate on how we're going to execute this. And then we debrief and boom, over and over again, this process just goes, it's alive. It, it's everything. And it always, always, always starts with what are the friction points for the customers? Yeah. What are the rules of the industry? What are the challenges? Because we're not just coming up with ideas for ideas sake. We're trying mm. to challenge something. And that's why we're innovating on how we're going to show games because we, we think the way you watch a baseball game is boring. So we're going to mm. change that and how we stream games. We're always asking those questions. And that gets us purpose because we're doing something that not many people do. That's what you get excited about. It's right. not just like, oh, we're doing it in narration. That team did that as well. No, you want to do things people haven't mm. done. And you get this great purpose in your team. So that fires us up. And what about division? So, so it sounds like you're checking the boxes. Okay, great. Ron's got an idea and everyone can pick it apart. Here's what we, you know, we have to watch out for this and the fans may want that. And so everyone gets their say. They get to have healthy conflict and debate around this, which is part of the buy-in. What if there's still division? Look, I still, I can't buy into this or does that happen? <laughs> uh, we learned this from uh, Jeff Bezos and Amazon, uh, disagree and commit. So he always says, you know, he'll say sometimes, All right, I disagree. I don't think that's going to but I will commit to you guys doing it. And I'm not going to second guess it. I commit. And I think some of those points we do. Love it. that. You know, Love it. The reality is you don't know anything until it ships. That's right. So we can all second guess it. I mean, yeah. I can watch a video was done yesterday. I was like, that's not going to do well. And, but it was our intern. It was his first video. I said, I want you to put that out. It's okay. It's not going to hurt our brand. It's just, yeah, an yeah, yeah. Put it out and learn from it. And so that's kind of the philosophy that I'd almost rather have something that I know won't be perfect, but if they'll learn from it, that'll get them closer to the next step. That's a win. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that, that's where some disagreements can happen. And for clarification, the part-timers get involved in this process too. This is not just the COO and the C-level. Yeah, 100%. So we have about 150 part-time game day staff, about 10 interns, mm -hmm. uh, uh, full-time, and then uh, 15 full-time staff. So mm -hmm. yeah, um, we all do undercover fan. So everyone on our staff goes undercover for a night as a fan. We park with the fans. We walk in with the Ooh, fans. We love that. Fans. We eat with the fans, just like the mystery shopper thing, but we yeah. actually do it. I take the yellow yeah. tips off and do it. Um, and then this year we're, we do frontline fan. So where we actually go and we call everyone a fan on our whole mm. staff. There's no customers. There's no employees. Fans are loyal. They're passionate. They're enthusiastic. Mm. And our biggest fans, we hope are our people. So for frontline fan, what it means is that we will actually work with them, uh, serving ice cream, serving beer, even our front office staff. So we get to know that experience. And so from that, it, it gets an ongoing conversation on yeah. hey, how's this working well? We're coming to them as we need help. I don't know how to serve beer on the register the best way they do. So then mm -hmm. we're seeing that we're seeking help from them. And it's not just always telling them what they should be doing. Love it. Love it. 
And how, how do you, I think, you know, um, in my past life in the security space, we had a lot of part-timers too. That, that can be really challenging, right? High turnover, it's, it's, yep. it's tough, low pay, we know that. You have to double down on culture. How are you keeping these people um, motivated when they're not working? As in, like, how do you keep them engaged and tied into the business off-season? Yeah, and this is something we're still working on. I mean, this is this yep. has been uh, when I talk to a lot of people similar positions to us. It's the part time because for us, it's only thirty dates a year. So right. think about that: three hundred thirty days of the year, they're not really with our team. Mm -hmm. um, so the only thing that, and I think I, I learned this from Bob Iger with Disney, and he said he often leads um, by a press release. And so he'll put out something about what they're doing and make it so we're going this way. Hey, we're doing this cool project. We're working on this movie, and it gets people inspired from. Mm -hmm. outside and yep. i think about that if you really want to get your people on board with what you're doing and really on board year-round you've got to be a great brand that's doing amazing things for your people so right. we feed people and our customers so by putting out really cool music videos and putting out things with our fans that our part times like i get to be a part of that kind of the yeah. disney mentality i get to right. work with disney so that's helping build the culture because they mm -hmm. have this um you know uh, thought process of what the team stands for mm -hmm. and so the same thing with our play it's a recognition loop our players, when they show up, and they're, you know, they're going to dance, they're going to go on dates with fans, they're going to deliver roses to little girls. Their first practice, 3,000 people show up to watch them practice. And they don't believe me. I go, guys, you are celebrities. It's because of how we deliver this fan's first experience. And they're telling that. So how can a part-time staff, how can they feel purpose that you can share what your customers are saying? How can you be a cool brand that people are talking about in big magazines and newspapers? Then all of a sudden, they're, they're really excited to be a part of it. And that helps when they're not around all the time. But this, I'm just thinking as you're talking, this must add such a layer of complexity when it comes to the players because they are living the brand. You know, when you, you've got to be the only team on the planet, and I don't know your process, I'm really curious. When you screen a player, it's not like screening an employer. How do you make sure that they're going to fit and be like, and not going to show up and be like, look, dude, this is not for me. You know, like, I just want to play ball. I got to give you actually 100% credit on this. And here's why. Um, my first two years when I was a young GM of the worst team in the country in Gastonia, North Carolina, I did all the recruiting. And I was so adamant. And I was proud. I, I recruited Russell Wilson, the quarterback for the Seahawks. He played for us when he played baseball. I felt really good. Wow. The team did not play well. The team did not. It wasn't a mesh. I was too much on uh, the entertainment, even though I was a baseball guy. It didn't work well. And, you know, after reading your book, I finally, I, I found a guy, a uh, coach who was like, Jesse, I get it. I understand why we're fans first. Um, but I'm a reader. I'm a learner. I'm a developer. I, I, you know, I'm same kind of mindset. I go, okay, you do the whole roster, do everything. This is who we are. And the vision I shared over and over with him, and we, we linked on the vision. I don't touch the players as far as, mm. as in regards to recruiting them. So our head coach, Tyler Gillum, who's amazing. He, when he, we get about a thousand applicants of players to probably play for 30 spots. And wow. so the questions that he's always asking, this is what our experience is. And he sends videos to the other coaches and the players. And he shows this is what this experience is like. If this guy can't handle it, I don't care if he's the best pitcher in the entire country. He's not going to fit this. So the culture so, is, is the first filter right now. Right? Everything, they know this. Like even the guys, the players will say, um, I learned more about fans first than anything about baseball. And that's going to mm. keep me leading forward in whatever I do. They know. And I'll say this. I go, guys. We're not the best baseball team. We're not going to focus on baseball. We're going to focus on the fans, the fun, and the experience, and the baseball will take care of itself. And we've proven that. If you create a fun culture in front of 4,000 fans, we've won more games than any team in the last four years, and we don't wow. even pay attention to the baseball. And I'm, I'm saying this, it's a huge credit to Coach Gillum for bringing in right guys who understand. Yeah. I mean, I'll share this, Ron. This is great because Tyler's amazing. 
we have a script for the players. And the script is set up, it's two different sets, and it has the entertainment in red and the baseball in green. And he says, we gotta flip the switch every day. So we're going, we're on, the, we're on the field right now, we're playing. Now we're in the stands doing selfies with fans. Now we're doing this. And the guys just know their roles. Just like your baseball player, your role is to entertain 50% of the time as it is to play mm -hmm. baseball. And mm -hmm. I think that clarity helps for us. Totally, I love it. I'm gonna go back for a sec, Jesse, because you have an incredible story. And everyone that has doubled down on culture, which you have, has an aha moment. When was your aha moment like, wow, I need to get this right. I need to figure this out. It's an evolution. I think uh, as, as many of us know that we're constantly evolving as far as uh, culture and learning. But I'll tell you, the, um, the moment that stood out for me was um, when I was at a conference and I saw the, the Simon Sinek video, How Great Leaders Inspire Action. Um, I actually left the conference in the middle of it. It was the middle of the conference. I watched it. I went back to my office at the stadium and I watched that video six times in a row. Wow. And the first time that I thought, wow, you know, we give away Porta Johns at our games. We give away colon cleansings at our game. We're crazy, but why are we doing this? And, you know, I came back to an emotional story and that kind of put everything in perspective um, of a young man who, uh, a military 21 year old, a uh, big part of our town, died overseas uh, defending our country. And the whole city was rallying, what can we do? And so we reached out to the parents and said, we'd like to do a tribute for him. He played baseball. And so when we brought the family out to the ball game, we stopped the game in the middle of the game. We had two Marines come out with a jersey with his name on it, presented it to the parents. Um, and the whole stadium, 3,700 people stood. And you could hear, you know, you could hear a pin drop. It was goosebumps as we read this whole tribute to him. And I'll never forget, I was young. I was probably 27 then. And the mother came off the field and gave me a hug. And she didn't let go. Wow. She didn't let go. There were no words to be said. That was my first time meeting the mother. Mm. And at that moment, I went into my office and I started losing. I was crying my eyes out. I never cried mm. like that. And, and it wasn't just because of her son. It was because of what we were able to do and bring the community together and care for them mm. like a family. Right. So at that moment, that became an aha that, you know, we have fun. We do all this crazy stuff, but uh, we really care for people like family. We bring right. them together. And Love so it. that was a moment that now I think back when, our people, it's, you know, the reason why when we, when we went through coronavirus, the first thing my wife did is she wrote a, a thank you letter to everyone on our staff, including their spouses, significant others, or family members. And then the next week, it's why we all went grocery shopping for everyone on our team and delivered groceries to their house. Wow. And I'm not saying to be boastful, it's because we want to care for them like a family. Mm -hmm. And so that leads us. And that's kind of one of our, our big, that's really what fans first is, be there for your people and put them first. Mm -hmm. And have you, you built this incredible culture have you struggled at all with, you know, the, the, the business getting in the way of doing business? You know, <laughs> like, like it's, it's interesting. My, my, I had a, a, an accountant that worked um, with us at Vita. And of course, it's very different. Uh, we have a very different approach to affordable housing. Yes. And he said to me one day, he said, you know, we, you know, we're debating about running this big concert and, you know, but, but rent collections are down and so we had some challenges and he said, well, you know, look, this is great, but let's not let this, our, the, the, the Vita business get in the way of doing business. I.e. I'm concerned that if we focus on this concert that we want to throw, it's going to cost money. We're taking focus away from redoing our screening process, tightening up our rent collection and really tightening the business up. Do you go through that? Yeah. I, I think what I started to really work with now is when, you know, I'm 60, 70, 80 years old. I'm not going to think back to uh, our first quarter revenue in 2019 or 2020. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's more of that, that long game. Um, yeah, we, 
<laughs> we throw away short-term profits for long-term fans almost yeah. every day. And so the business, um, I know we're leaving money on the table, but that's not the game we're playing. So for instance, mm -hmm. yeah, we make a lot of decisions that any accountant would say, what are you doing? Like yeah. you probably saw this wrong. We eliminated ads at our stadium. We're the first ever ad-free ballpark. There's yeah, no sponsors. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. We threw away hundreds of thousands of dollars, potentially millions. Um, but we said, all right, this is what we stand for. We, you know, no one comes to a ballpark to be advertised to. No one comes to be sold. No one comes to be marketed to. And so they just want an experience where people can get away. It's why Netflix wins and why YouTube and Hulu, people get frustrated with the ads. Right, you know? right, right. So we eliminated that. And on paper, that hurt. But what mm -hmm. happened is it also got us even galvanized us. It brought us together and said, all right, what are we going to do to drive more fans? If we drive more fans, more fans drive revenue. So um, I don't look at the finances. During this time, we took a seven-figure yeah. hit. Yeah. Seven figure hit, but our accountant and our, our finance director and our, our president said, here's what we'll do. We'll find a way. We'll be okay. And mm -hmm. so uh, just empowerment, like, yeah, yeah. It, it's not the practical answer, but it's, it works for us. Yeah. You know, I always try to find balance. I, I, I like those statements that for me, a reminder says, okay, if I'm going to build the business scale, I have to keep that. The foundation has to be solid. I can't keep my eye off the ball or I have to have people really focused yes. there. But I, I agree 100%. It is about the long game. Um, you know. Well, our, our, everything's fans. For us, our product, you know, so if you look at Facebook or the advertisers, the product is their customers because they're trying to sell ads to them. Like, yeah. no, our product is our experience. We want right. our fans to be able to want this. and We don't want to sell them. So it's like, all right, to grow, we drive more fans, whether mm -hmm. that's, you know, at our games, whether that's online, whether that's with slipper banana products, whatever yeah. that is, we started banning that. So it be that became more simple for us. And we may take a hit this year, next year, but in the long, we'll, we'll win because I think we'll have more fans that are telling everyone about us as opposed to, oh, I got advertised to again, or they try to nickel and dime me here, all that stuff. That That's who we are. And, and have other teams taken notice to that? Have they said, you're out to lunch or, oh my God, we need to double down and do that. Are they chasing you or, 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 or giving you the the cross, you know, <laughs> I think, uh, I know everyone's kind of aware that they're, we're following, you know, we don't follow other sports teams. We're looking at people like carnival, Disney cruise right. lines. We don't pay right. attention to sports teams. Um, but what we hear from sports teams left and right. And, you know, we can't do that. Our players can't dance during games. We can't have a break dancing coach. We can't eliminate our advertising. 50% of our revenue is advertising. You know, we can't get rid of all of our shipping fees because that's where we make, you know, a lot of our money. And I'm like, yeah, that's what Blockbuster said too. You know, Blockbuster said they made a lot of money in late fees. So um, yeah, it's, we're a little too foreign, but there's always people following. And, and there's a reason, Ron, and I appreciate you saying earlier that you like my post that I post on LinkedIn. You know, I believe one of the best forms of just marketing and just helping is just sharing everything. A lot yeah. of things we don't do is right. Yeah. It could be wrong, but we share everything. Mm -hmm. And if people start using it, that's a win. And they may become a bigger fan because, mm -hmm. hey, I saw this and now I'm doing this. And that's, that's the same mentality I know you have. So, you know, you guys are innovating all the time. I love the Palooza uh, process. What else is happening for the frontliners? You know, so, so I'm a, you know, I, I, I come and I sell hot dogs. Yeah. How do you keep me learning and innovating? I'm part-time, I'm frontline. What, what strategies are you guys doing to push me to continuously learn and innovate at, at the company? Yeah, I mean, we're probably on 1.0 of that to get to where we want to, 2.3.0. Right. Uh, 1.0 for us is recognition. Mm -hmm. So 1.0, which we've started getting much better at, is we have pep rallies before every game that we are recognizing our people. We have rewards. We know all their favorite snacks, their favorite drinks, their favorite restaurants. So we're constantly looking at that to recognize them. Um, so as far as innovation, we're recognizing the things that they're doing that's fans first. Right. They create an epic fans first story. They did something like, you know, we've had 
uh, staff walk people uh, to their, <laughs> not just walk people to the cars when it's raining, but actually walk people to their doorstep that they're about a half mm. mile away. You know, that right. gets a big recognition. Um, as far as innovation with the part-time staff, I just got to be open. We haven't put as huge emphasis. We're focused on making them fans first. We start with our front office staff innovation. Right. And our right. interns, that's the next 2.0 version. Is it in your is it in your values? Is there language around innovation in your culture or not? It's just kind of coming out naturally. Um, yeah, I mean, we have a fans first playbook. This is probably all right. This is probably the best example of, of what you're looking for here. We built a fans first playbook. If you look yep. at any sports team, they have this playbook of all the plays that they do. Ours yep. has nothing to do with plays. It has all to do with how we do things. So you come and break dance, but but how do I swing the bat? Don't worry about that, kid. <laughs> Don't worry about that. But the fans first playbook, Ron the game day staff, the front office, uh, the players, everyone yeah. that's a part of our, even our vendors that are working with us, they get this. And it has basically everything that we believe in. So like the three loves, love mm -hmm. your customers more than you love your product. Love your employees mm -hmm. more than you love your customers. You gotta love yourself and show up with love to be able love to best. So we have that, you know, we have be the only. If you wanna be the only, it's not about being a little better, a little bit faster. How can you be the Ooh, only? Oh, I would love that. And so, and so for instance, that is, it's an acronym. And it, oh, own the problems in your industry. Mm -hmm. And create noise. It's not just about having a marketing plan, having mm -hmm. attention. We can do create noise. The L is the three loves that I just mentioned. Yeah. Y is know your why. So we have these. Yeah, this is pulling that out. I mean, if they're if they're if you're inspired by that, which it's very inspiring, you should you should you know step yeah. up and yeah. And, and I think the biggest, and you've learned this, and that's why I loved your book so much. I, we don't always just remember the the here preach preach preach. We remember mm -hmm. the stories. Yeah. And so if you look at our fans first playbook, I'll, I'll send you one for the, the last one from last year, but um, it's all about the stories that back up who we are. Yeah. Every company, every team, every business, hopefully has core beliefs, but how many have stories that back up those core beliefs? That's right. People are inspired by stories. They remember stories. They tell stories. I love when I hear other people on podcasts or a coach on podcasts, mm. they're telling stories. Oh, when we did this, they weren't even there for that. They weren't even a part of the team for that. Right, right. The term we, because it's a part of our culture. So we have all these stories that back that up. And that goes right into the playbook. And each year, the highest profit score that you can get, the highest profit share anyone on our team can get, is if you create an epic uh, fans first story that will be told for years. That's a five on the scale. Wow, to profit sharing. You're rewarded not for the profitability, you're rewarded for, for the story, for the epic story that's going to tell because that is even more valuable than a few extra dollars. And that's what wow. we do. Wow. You tie profit and, and bonus to story. I love that. I love Incentivize that. Incentivize yeah. stories. Everyone incentivizes sales. So like if you make a little more sales, we give you money. Well, that's, that's very incremental and short-term thinking. Mm. Incentivize stories. That story lives on in your brand and your customers tell it, your fans tell it. How much more valuable that than there's another 5,000 in revenue? Yeah. Love it. And is there a, <clears throat> do you have a story bank? You would have so many stories like compete. You know, I know they just naturally happen. Folks like us are going to remember these stories and we're storytellers. Are you storing stories? I mean, yes. you get video. You are. Yeah. What do you do? What do you yes, do? We have a story bank. So our fans first director keeps a story bank um, oh. that we have. And so um, what we do is after every single game, um, our president will speak a little bit. I'll speak. Our coach jumps in and speaks. And then we say, all right, time to share our fans first moments from the night. And so people go around and our goal, our challenge to our front time, our, our part-time staff, our frontliners is, all right, the big challenge for you is to create a fans first moment this summer that someone will never forget. That's mm -hmm. our big challenge. If we have 150 people and they just create one throughout an entire season, yeah. at 150, 10 of those could be epic. That's right. That's right. And that's not including the front office staff and the interns. So yeah. that's our constant challenge is create a moment. And we have to give examples because what does that mean? How do I create a, a, an epic story? And mm -hmm. we tell them, we tell them about interns and, in my speeches and keynotes, you know, I have about five that just 
have been told over and over again that our team- Those stories inspire behaviors to create more stories. This is the loop, right? Yeah, we always just say in the security, you know, I, I, and at all levels, um, and I say this today, what is the shingle you're leaving behind? What story are you creating? You need to, you, what, what mark are you making on this company? You know, and yeah. trying to get people really motivated to make the mark, leave the shingle, make the change. What, if you leave today, you move away, you get to look back and say, I did that. That's yeah. my work, you know? Well, you're, if you're asking about it, what's your story? Mm. And, and, it, and it is like, well, I did this, then I did this, then I did this. No, what's your story and how did you make someone feel? What was the yeah. difference that you made? A great compelling story, as we've learned, you know, again, from on an airbed struggling to go failing to be able to do this, it's like people are like, they want to root for you. They want to be behind you. So, you know, I think that's a challenge that we always say, hey, if you don't like your story, if your story's boring, you know, it's up to you to write that next chapter. Keep pushing forward. And I, I think that's kind of how we try to inspire people is at the end of the summer, we want you to have the best summer, the most fun you ever had. But mm-hmm. also build your story and build someone else's story. Love so it. that that inspires us. Jesse, what's you, you you built a phenomenal culture in a tough space. I love that. I feel so connected to it and inspired by it. What what's what's the biggest challenge today? What is your biggest like, God, there's one piece. I need to get it right. It's still, you know, because you are not following a playbook. You're creating one. And so there's you might get inspired, but no one has wrote the playbook for you. Uh, <laughs> as you read in my story in the security space. You know, and so what's the next thing that, that you're concerned with, worried about keeping you up at night culturally, you know, yeah. about culture? Culture. Well, in our space, you know, maybe no one's written the uh, the playbook, but, you know, I, Disney and P.T. Barnum and some of these, I mean, I'm following them. They they went from one thing to another thing to another yeah. thing you never imagined. So we follow them. Um, what keeps me up at night? Uh, the challenge between growth for the right reasons, and, and I believe growth is inspirational, and we had a really challenging point. Um, we reached a ceiling and yeah. I don't, there's no such thing as a ceiling. So we reached a figurative ceiling um, where we sold, sold every game. Right. we sold every game. And so uh, that's a very nice uh, problem to have that not many teams, if any have. Yeah. Um, so for us, it's, we have to completely reinvent what's going to be next. And that as a culture standpoint um, can be scary for all because as a leader and as an, uh, an employee, you want to have some certainty. You want to be, okay, this is where we're going. And as a leader, I don't know exactly what those next steps. I know we want to bring fans first to the world. So for us, what keeps me up night is we've been here, we went here, and then we've been kind of that main level. What's next and how do you keep everyone inspired by that same vision to push forward and try things? And that's, I'm constantly thinking, how does it affect the team? How does it affect um, individuals? Mm-hmm. And how does it affect the business? And that's, that's what I'm constantly asking. I, I want to shoot a three-pointer here. I want to attempt one. I want to f- attempt a what-if real-time three-pointer. Give me the ball. Give me the ball, Jesse. So what, what if, um, because I hear you, I think that is a very courageous move, stepping away from advertising dollars, yes. hundreds of thousands. Yes. But, but what if, as, as an advertiser, they could add to fan first. So they if I'm your advertiser yeah. and you say, okay, Ron, you want to advertise, you know, forget the dollars. What are you doing to add value to our people, the fans, not, not forget the billboard. You have to propose what that is and you come in that way. Like what, what if you can kind yes. of go at this completely differently? hundred percent. So like, you know, we, we had a, a, a coffee company come over the other day and they said, we just want to give all in our, in your premium club. We want to give all this, this coffee, these desserts, all these for free. And our mindset is, if you're not selling yourself, if you're not saying this is so-and-so a coffee, yeah. this is so-and-so dessert. If yeah. our fans don't feel sold, they mm-hmm. feel just, this is a nice touch and you're willing to take that. 
1000%. So right. that, that, that's, that's, a, that's a big opportunity. And, I, and we're looking at that. But I'll tell you, the, the biggest thing that we're really looking at is yeah. um, <laughs> the game of baseball is still a huge challenge. It's still yeah. too long. We've reinvented the game. And mm -hmm. we've actually been testing for two years a baseball game that is the fastest, most exciting. Don't blink, you'll miss something. It's a completely, it's, it's based on the same rules, but it's so fast. We had players play it. They said it's the most fun they've ever had playing. What, what do you mean? It's a, it's. We, we changed the rules. Oh, 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 okay. Got it. So we changed the rules. We're calling it banana ball. And, <laughs> the rules, and you better believe we're looking at bright yellow baseballs as well. But that's a whole nother thing. But the reality is we've tested this. And now on in a month in, in June, we're testing this in front of a live audience. It's a secret game. And that in live stream, are you live streaming this, by the way? So that's part of our second structure. So the digital. So basically, we have our games at our ballpark, and yeah. we have a digital experience that we are questioning the way people watch games. So yeah. we are literally gonna have drones, mics on players, cameras in the huddle, cameras on the field taking people into a game they've never seen before. That's that one. And then this banana ball is actually testing the game faster that yeah. we could potentially take these two on the road and take it show that has hopefully infinite scale by taking it all over. That's, oh, that's cool. the next Right. So you become, and I don't know, this is a good example, the Harlem Globetrotters. You're on tour, you hit these other stadiums, they make some revenue, drive some people. That is awesome. I love it. Where, where did you think of that? Well, it, it's again, you, it, once you get to a constraint, once you get to a challenge, yeah. once you see a problem for your customer, you have to start innovating. So for us, baseball has always been long, slow, and boring. We've affected the boring. We've made it fun. Still long and slow. Ballpark. Jesse, yeah. you said it, and I think this is where this separates you from other entrepreneurs. And I think a lot of people don't answer the question like you did. You said you hit the ceiling, you have to innovate. I think most hit the ceiling, it's time to sit on the couch. Yeah. Like it's time to take your foot off the pedal and just you know, relax and sit back. And then you have to get back in because things fell apart. You're pushing the ceiling again. As soon as it gets easy, that's when you need yeah. to work harder. Yeah, yeah. You know, once you get to that point, you got to keep pushing. So, like, that's what gets exciting for me. Um, so, yeah, you're right. We, we reached a, a figurative scale ceiling, and now it's like it's time to put in the overgear and innovate. Mm -hmm. And our team is so inspired by that because when you're growing, when you're doing new things, you get fired up. When you reach that point where we stop, we had our first turnover. Because mm -hmm. people were like, what are we doing next? So now we have to say, all right, let's, guys, let's get back in and try things that may not work. And mm -hmm. so many things, Ron, I mean – I can't tell you the things that when we first launched, they fail. You're never ready. When we did All You Can Eat for 4,000 fans, the line went from the first inning to the eighth inning. People waited. It was the most unfans first experience. Mm. But as I told our new videographer the other day, who's working on a new documentary that's going to start coming out, he goes, Jesse, this sucks right now. I go, I go Nick, you got to get through the suck. You got to get through the suck in the beginning to be able to truly innovate. And when you're doing something no one's ever done before, it will suck in the beginning. And right. everything that we've done new will suck. The streaming is not going to be perfect in the beginning, but you got to iterate to get the next point. And most companies are too afraid of having the suck. And, and that's what we're trying to get through. And the conversation, you know, I yes. think, it, you know, you as a leader are, are walking people through that. You're saying, I get it. This is going to suck. We are going to bleed through this together. I think that's great. That's, yeah. that's and, and it's, it's, it's being okay. It's empowering your people to fail that. Hey, you have to give these right. examples. We failed when we did this. We failed when we did this. We came out our first year and said, we're going to sell tons of sponsorship. And we're only going to have 10 of them at $55,000 a year. We sold zero. <laughs> we sold zero. And so it's like, guys, we think we have a plan on paper, but you don't learn until you start doing. That's and right. in the beginning, it's going to be brutal. And so because we've gone through that, we have examples, our team is willing to be okay with that. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, Ron, one thing on that is everyone says, how do you hire? And it starts with your people. And we asked this question to everyone. We videoed them and said, who should not work for our company? Ooh. 
And so we interviewed everyone and said, who should not work for our company? Ooh, I love that. Almost everyone on our team said one thing. They said, people that can't deal with change. And so-, so application process. What's that? This is in the application process. This was with our front office before we yeah. hire. Before we hire. Yeah, yeah we in the application. Sorry, screening application. Yes, exactly. in interview, interview, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, an interview process. And so we do that. And so now we're very clear who's actually hiring that if we can tell that they're not with change, they're not ready to experiment, they don't take their work too critical, you know, that's the things that we're looking for, able to fail. What if they fail that they actually got passed and did it again? You know, we're asking those questions so they fit into our culture of constant experimentation and being fans first. I love that. Shannon, if you're listening, add that question to Vita's application, who should not live in this community. Jesse, I love that question. Thank you. I owe you. What do I owe you for that? That's good. You <laughs> Man, I, I, you, your book. So we do book reports. And I, I, I got told you, I've got so many notes from your book that I'm still owing you, my friend. Oh, great. Well, look, um, I really appreciate your time. This has been an awesome conversation. We need to stay in, better in touch with each other. Um, uh, I'd love to get involved in some of these conversations and, I, and, and beat ideas around back and forth. We should start doing a quarterly call or something. Like that. I love it. I'm all yeah. in, man. This is fun. Jesse, thanks, man. I'm glad you're doing well. Uh, good to see that you're a high flying and, and got the team rallied behind not just reopening, but even this new innovative game. I, I want to hear more about that. So thanks again. And uh, we'll be in touch. Thanks, Rob. Appreciate you. For more information on Jesse Cole and anything related to scaling culture, please see the show's description. We'll be back next week with another incredible guest. 